You're listening to the Oz TV podcast, only on the Oz Network. Welcome back, everybody, to the Oz Network as we continue on with our exclusive third watch coverage. We are moving swimmingly through the fifth season. We are into the eighth episode. It's called Fury. It aired on the 21st of November 2003. Written by Siobhan Bern O'Connor, directed by Peter Ellis. And it's a pretty decent episode. My name is Ben, and can we have one meal where I actually get to eat some chips? I like that idea, and plus I love chips myself, so you and I are going to be fighting over them. What's up, everybody? My name's Darvell, and I was doing this when you were worried about who would notice your latest zit at the homecoming dance. Oh, well, that's nice. I'm glad you noticed my zit, but that's a bit self-conscious of me to talk about that, but cool. Um... Don't know what I'm talking about. Yeah, um, decent episode. We kind of get a bit Our of horrible acne as teenagers. Yeah, I actually never really had acne as teenager. Just you know, I was. Uh, you got lucky. The one thing that everyone always comments, the one compliment I get in my life is, "You've got nice skin, Ben." And I'm like, "Thanks, great. That's out of all the things I want to be known for. Nice skin." I'm sure Buffalo Bill would like to murder me and make a chair out of me. So I don't know. <laughs> um, yeah, it's just it's such a weird thing. Oh, I'm making him choke. Darvell, don't die on me. I need you to do this episode with me. Come on. Um, no, we're not going to have to call in Carlos and Doc and all them. Don't worry. They've got the SARS, don't they? Uh, <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God, you're a trip. We've got some uh, previously ons here on this episode. I, I was going to say we're going to get straight into this. It's a good episode. There you go. Uh, we see some, <laughs> some previously of Kylie, so... We know there's going to be a little bit involved here with uh, Carlos's daughter that he gave. That was season three, wasn't it? Um, um, yes. Yeah. Look at me. Yep. The greater, the greater good. That was what, that was the episode he gave her up to the Kennys. Right. The greater good, season three. Right, right, right. And we also get uh, flashbacks of uh, Doc pushing Eugene and going down his uh, usual sloping path. Um, but we begin the uh, episode. Excuse me. Uh, with roll call at the cop station. Cruz has been given a uh, new RMP, uh, and uh, Bosco's been put on the streets. Doesn't want to, not going to be put with um, with Carl with Cruz, I guess. We're then into the firehouse, and we've got Levine not wanting coffee because she doesn't do uh, stimulants. Uh, addictive stimulants or something, and Kim's talking about some weird green tea or something that uh, Holly drinks. And then they're waiting for the new guy. Um, I wonder who the new guy is going to be. Um, and Doc is going to be partnered with... Is Wait, no, Doc's going to be partnered with Levine? Yeah, that's right. No, sorry, Carlos is going to be partnered with Levine. He's not too happy about it, and Kim's going to take the new guy. But the new guy shows up. It's Doc. Doc is the <gasps> new guy. Plot twist. Um, oh, you took the words right out of my mouth. He's very happy and smiley, which is kind of okay. Good for him. Um, Bosco goes up to Cruz and asks how she is. Uh, Cruz is just kind of like, yep, I'm fine. And uh, talking to Bosco about uh, don't forget your memo book, essentially, um, because, you know, that's very important. Uh, Sully and Davis are going, still testing the LSATs. This is where Davis is kind of like, I've got a multiple choice for you. <laughs> Did you A, kiss at the end of the night, B, have breakfast together, or C, none of your business? Or C, none of your damn business. Which again, it's kind of like, well, what's the, you know, are we meant to believe these two hooked off? Like, I don't know. It's just, it's, eh, I don't know. <laughs> it's just yeah. weird. You know, I, I kind of wish they had pursued that because it would have, 
not the I, not the idealist of circumstances, uh, circumstances, but you know, I kind of wish that they had pursued this because it would have been nice to see Sully. Um, it, maybe it's too soon to say it. Find love again. Yeah, yeah, but at the same time, I'm spoiler alert glad he doesn't <laughs> because Tatiana. That means he's one and only. Like, there's just something weirdly romantic about that. I don't know. Um, I mean, look, I'm not saying in the rest of his life he never found love again. I mean, clearly he's, what, in his 50s uh, when this show ended, and, you know, it's been, uh, uh, you know, a good 13, 14 years since it ended, so, you know, there's plenty of time, but in my mind I'm happy that Tatiana was his one and only. <laughs> so, I don't know. Like, I got you. Eh, maybe it's just deep down <clears throat> romantic is it romantic oh his wife died so he never falls in love again is that romantic um, no it's incredibly fucking sad thank you that's, <laughs> that's generally how i work in life so um yeah i don't know where i'm going with that anyway so um cruise here is uh in the urmp with uh i guess a guy who we never actually see his face they've been called out to a uh crime and this guy's not driving faster cruise yells at him to drive faster um Doc and all the crews are called out to this as well. Doc doesn't listen to Kim, and Doc is basically like, Adam 553 is my bus, so he gets in with uh, Carlos. Carlos doesn't exactly fight this because he doesn't want to work with uh, Levine. Uh, We're on a basketball court. There's a fight going on. There's knives being thrown around. A guy stabs another guy. He falls away. The guy drops a knife and steps away. Um, Bosco hears a call and runs on foot to chase after this uh, perp. Uh, we've got the credits showing up. Kim and uh, Holly are helping out this guy on the ground. We've got a foot chase. First time we've had a foot chase in a few weeks, um, or a while really, and kind of it's cut between a foot chase and uh, helping out um, the people who were injured on the basketball court. Uh, Cruz catches the guy. Bosco tries to help, and Cruz kind of gets a bit shoved in. He's like, Bosco, I got this. Um, Davis is questioning people on the basketball court. Of course, nobody saw anything, as always generally is the case. Uh, and then, yeah. But then we find out that somebody tried to change the station, essentially, <clears throat> and that's why somebody got stabbed. Uh, and we've also, we've also fucking ridiculous. And we've also got Doc here, who um, Lotus is a lung collapses, and he's doing. He's not listening to anybody else trying to uh, say that they can get in there and help. So. Doc obviously being a bit uh, stubborn on the streets and we've got a really weird crime when it comes to... uh, Yeah, but, like, I mean, this isn't... I mean, I guess it is ridiculous. I'm sure this has actually happened in real life. Didn't we have... uh, We had... Was it when Yokus was talking about that crime that she had where they um, were called the cops to change the radio station or turn the radio down, remember? What was it, like, last season? It was... Oh, no, 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 no. That was way back in season one and it was a call... um, The... A mother of oh I no, can't no, even no, not that one. no 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 I know that one no there was last season when Bosco was having those visions of when um she was he was having sex with uh Cruz there was boss uh, Yokus was telling the story about um she like she was retelling that story about one of the worst calls she got remember and it was kind of like oh what oh, was that one the about 1013s and how you know it's only going to take a few seconds when it's an officer needing assistance but it feels like the longest few seconds of your life that yeah but like wasn't the the crime she was reliving something about a radio or like changing a station or something like that i think so or at least that was what 
l- lured her there or something. I don't know. Mm. But it, yeah, it, it does have something to do with the radio, but it was mentioned as such a throwaway part of the larger story that you kind of forget it. Yeah, yeah, exactly. But I, no, I definitely know the one you were talking about as well, for sure. I remember that one. Um, we're back at the... That one was kind of funny. Yeah, yeah, it was. <laughs> we're back at the precinct. Cruz and Bosco have been uh, called in here by the uh, ADA woman who hasn't had sex since the 90s. Uh, and we find out that Gary Barnes wants a deal. Um, and he's only going to talk to Bosco and Cruz. Uh, they don't want to give him a deal, but, uh, the ADA is basically like, look, I would like to hear what he's, uh, offering. So this is kind of going to set up this episode when it comes to, uh, Buford, essentially. Um, Kim, meanwhile, we're back at the, uh, hospital. Kim's talking to Carlos and, uh, sort of asking, why is Doc back? Um, you know, Kim saying, I would take that job in a heartbeat. Uh, Carlos saying that, uh, Doc said he missed it. And, uh, Kim's kind of like, you should talk him into retiring. Um, so it's kind of, you know, I, I do like the setup we have in this episode because, yeah, we're kind of confused. Why is Doc back? You know, but I mean, I guess it kind of does. Yeah. Re- like, it's not that hard, I essentially think, to work out given that, uh, you know, we know Eugene is called in the union rep and Doc's admitted. So, you know, it's kind of pretty easy to piece together why he's back, that he's actually being demoted and not, uh, you know, voluntarily returned as he's claiming. But, uh, you know, we'll get to that, I guess, throughout this episode. Yeah. Um, he probably would have eventually anyway, though. Yeah, because, I mean, it's... The thing that I ultimately don't get about this whole storyline is if he gets demoted, right, they they need... Like, ten people get promoted, don't they? Like, the top ten. So, therefore... Twelve. The, the twelve. Sorry, right, okay. So, the twelve... So, one person steps down. They need somebody to fill in that position. So, they need to go to number 13. Who's number 13? Kim. So, why doesn't Kim get the automatic call to go and get a promotion? You know, I didn't even think about that. Like, it's just, it's it's weird to me. Like, I would assume that's how they do it. So, it's never really explained, is it? Nope. Yeah. So, there's a maybe a, a plot twi- plot hole that we've uh, just slightly <laughs> dis- discovered again. Um, we have Cruz and uh, Bosco with Barnes. Uh, he basically says that I can give you Buford. Uh, and then he's saying that, like, if I... What does he say? If I bitch up, lawyers say I'll have eight years. You know, eight years for killing a cop sister, that's pretty good for me. Um, and... God. There's another FBI Wrong guy. Wrong thing. Yep, there's an FBI guy there. Cruz is getting violent with Barnes as well. Um, and... So the FBI guy's outside, and they're basically saying that, um, you know, Buford, we need him. He's in our top 10. Uh, we get another mention of Canada. He's expanded across state lines up to Canada. Um, and Cruz is saying, like, look, as far as I'm concerned, there's no deals here. But the FBI and the ADA, they want this guy. So they want Buford. So they're essentially saying we're going to basically do this. Cruz just doesn't want to do it no matter what. Uh, Doc's cleaning uh, the the rig. Carlos is asking him questions again, like, you know, why are you back? And he's saying he's sick of sitting at a desk for eight hours a day, watching grass grow. Um, and then Carlos is kind of, you know, standing up for Kim, like somebody should have told Kim. And uh, Doc sort of snaps and he's basically like, Kim needs to worry more about, uh, you know, her work and less about her promotion. And then we see Mrs. Kenny show up. And uh, we get a bit of a reminder because Doc's kind of like, who's that? And it's like, Mrs. Kenny, the the woman who adopted Kylie. Come on, Doc knows who this is, but like, we need, the audience needs a bit of a refresher. That's purely why Doc says that line. And Mrs. Kenny says that Kylie is very sick and that uh, she needs some help. Can I just point out with Doc um, that he's, 
hair, like, shaved. We've gone over that ages ago. Like, not very good the way they did mm-hmm. that. But, you know, he still, you know, he, he suits the shaved head. But, like, there's something about Doc this season two where, like, I don't know if Michael Beach was working out a little bit more in season five or maybe he had some other roles going on, but... Michael Beach is a very buff man. He's often posting on Instagram and Facebook kind of, you know, shirtless pics of him, like, with his six-pack and abs. Like, you know, buff, good-looking rooster is Michael Beach. But, like, you really see... You really <laughs> That's see, his Instagram name. <laughs> buff, good-looking rooster. Yeah, at buff, good-looking rooster. Follow Michael Beach, everyone. Damn! Um, but, like, he, he, you can see, like, in this season, like, he's looking a bit more buff. So, just pointing it out there for... For people who maybe are thinking the same thing. Like, good on you, Michael Beach. Like, I, I yeah. appreciate your... Way to go, man. Yeah. You know, you need to be a buff person when you are going to go crazy. Uh, <laughs> I don't know. Is that, a, is that a right way to put it, or...? Yeah. I... Yeah. Um, <laughs> I don't know where I'm going with that. Uh, it is what it is. It is what it is. Um, yeah. So, follow uh, at... Buff, good-looking rooster on Instagram. Um, <laughs> Bosco, uh, meanwhile, in the car with Cruz, um, you know, sort of questioning her, saying, like, you know, last year you were doing everything it could to get Buford, you know, what's different? Uh, and Cruz is basically saying everything. And then Bosco brings up the FBI situation here and kind of like, it's, it's a good little moment here, I think, between these two, because you feel like these two needed to have this conversation. Uh, Cruz is basically sort of retorts back, like, why didn't you just trust me? Uh, you know, kind of, they're both sort of not agreeing. Bosco annoyed that she didn't tell him. Cruz annoyed that he didn't trust her. Um, and this is where Bosco is basically saying, we should get Buford and deal with Barnes later. Um, so, you know, it's kind of setting up what we're going to get this, uh, episode with everything. Uh, we've got Carlos talking to the doctor. We find out that Kylie's got idiopathic aplastic amenia. Um, amenia? Did I say that properly? Anemia. Anemia. Anemia is a country in uh, Europe, Ben. Um, So, essentially, they don't say this at the moment. They do say it in an episode or two's time where you basically find out she's got some... It's like It's like leukemia, essentially. Um, yes. And we find out that unhandled, 80% of our patients will die, <laughs> and she needs a bone marrow transplant. And essentially, nobody in Kylie's family are a match, and this is where they question Carlos, you know, do you have any family members? And this, of course, is when we get the whole, you know, I'm, I'm adopted, you know, and this is ultimately going to lead into him, I guess, searching for his family. You mentioned last episode that we don't see Kylie. We do have a real brief glimmer of her here, Uh Kai, uh, Mrs. Kenny picks her up and she's grown up a lot. So, um, you know, she is there, but kind of only a brief little glimmer of her. Uh, and then basically, if she doesn't get a bone marrow transplant, she'll be dead in six to eight months. So, one thing I will say, like, I, I mean, I think you were quite a fan of, um, the Kylie stuff in season three. I was kind of yes. like middle of the road. Yes, I was. It wasn't the best thing for me. It wasn't the worst thing. It was kind of just, it was Grace Foster. Um, whereas, I actually like what they do with this. I don't like the fact that they make a small child sick. That's very sad. But yeah, I like <clears throat> that we get a thing with Carlos's family. Because essentially, if you go back to season one and kind of two unanswered questions that they do come full circle with to answer, uh, one maybe not so brilliantly in terms of the continuity factor, but it's still done well, is obviously Davis's dad 
and Carlos not having a family. So I think as much as we shit all over the continuity aspects of this show, and we've also found a lot of small little moments where they've kept up with good continuity, I do like the fact that they revisit these storylines and they've done this. So, um, yeah, I just thought I would... I like the fact that they do do a large portion of this season revisiting Carlos's family and kind of, you know, doing this whole aspect with him. So I don't know if you really have much to add on that, but yeah. Yeah, I like it as I like it as well, especially um, in I think it's blessed and bewildered, uh, where <clears throat> where Carlos's long lost brother, um, who who plays him? Adam Beach. Adam Beach. Yeah, that, that's yep. isn't it. Mark yeah, that, that's who plays him. Not really, but <laughs> <laughs> yeah, um, I love that. I think I've said this before already that I love the speech that he gives to everyone at the five five about how you know he can go he can go back to wherever they're from and of course I know where they're from but I'm not going to say anything about that right now until until their mother hey Carlos is doing well mm-hmm. yeah you know I, he I, I I agree with everything there is one minor <laughs> little thing which I mentioned way back in season one which could be seen as a plot hole when we get to Adam Beach coming into it but I don't it's not one of these ones that annoys me because I think there also could be a bit of an explanation around why it is a plot hole when it comes to the background of Carlos's family. Um, it's kind of, it's mentioned in season one that he's Filipino, but then it's kind of alluded to that he's Hawaiian. But then at the same time, like Carlos could have easily been given misinformation through the, you know, the foster system and everything mm-hmm. that it was assumed, or maybe half of his family was like his dad or who was it that's killed in the car accident? His, uh, his mum. His, his dad. dad. His dad. So maybe his, his dad, dad was, was the one killed. So maybe his dad was Filipino, yet his mum was Hawaiian. So, like, again, it's a slight bit of weirdness, and I'll talk about that more when it kind of is mentioned. But, like, and again, I think it's also explain- explained. Like, you can explain it. Whereas, mm-hmm. yeah, it's not like you've changed a character's name. Like, you've gone from one brother being called this to that, or a wife being called this to that. You know, that's unexplainable. Anyway, we'll get to that. Yeah. Um... So, yeah, I, I, I do like the storyline, what we're going to get here with this. We've got Bosco and Cruz and Barnes and the lawyer, and they're kind of coming up with a deal here to give up where Buford is, essentially. Um, and they come to the conclusion that he's going to get 15 years parole in 12. Um, they agree with that. And then, Bu- uh, sorry, Barnes rolls over, gives a, dis- um, gives a, tells where <coughs> Buford is, essentially. And I do love the way the FBI turned around and goes, what does he look like? And they're like, he's on your top 10 most wanted and you don't know what he looks like. Um, Gosh. So, how inept are you? Uh, yeah, they they do a very good job at painting the FBI as being inept. I, I do love on these law enforcement shows, whereas like if you're watching a show about the FBI, like the X Files or the show FBI or something like that, they always paint the cops as being a pain in the ass and inept. And oh, we have to deal with the law enforcement, the cops. Yet in shows about cops, they always paint like the FBI as the the bad guys. So it's kind of like no love lost between these sort of <laughs> groups, you know? It's, really. Yeah. And it's kind of also like, too, like, in, we talk about Blue Bloods a lot, but <laughs> I know there's been at least one or two episodes where the, where Blue Bloods paint the fact that they hate the FDNY and the FDNY hate them. And that's a legitimate thing. Like, Ed Allen Bonero in that interview I've talked a lot about, he, he's <clears> mentioned that, you know, it was hard in a way to kind of include firefighters in the show because as a former cop, like, the cops hate the firefighters and the firefighters hate the cops. Like, that is a legitimate thing. So I wonder um, why though. A lot of it comes down to the fact that the cops think that like, the firefighters, you know, oh, 
everyone thinks they're the heroes. They show up and, you know, do this and they're all seen as good looking and kind of, you know, whereas the cops do a lot more of the dirty work. That's kind of how they perceive it. I don't know why the firefighters hate the cops. Maybe it's a kind of a just, I don't know. It's just, you have certain things like that. Like I've worked in jobs where, you know, like I've worked in a call center at a bank and the people at the call center don't <sighs> like, they don't like the people who work in the branches and the people who work in the branches don't like the people who work in the call centers because, you know, you're always giving misinformation. And I, I worked tech support at a very well-known uh, tech brand, which I'm legally not allowed to say who it was. Uh, but um, they, people, we would hate the people who worked in the certain stores and they would hate the people who worked <coughs> in the call center. So, you know, there's certain things like that. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I hate call centers. So do I. I've worked in two, but you know, I had to have a job, I guess, for five minutes. Um. So yeah. So they've got this description of Buford. They the cops want to sit on it for a while, but the uh, FBI are like, no, we're going to go there straight away, essentially. So fuck you, we're the FBI. We know everything. Um. Kim is talking to Levine. Clearly not. Kim is talking to Levine at the <laughs> hospital. Like, I love just little random Levine moments. You know, kind of that they set her up basically for what we're going to get again, just Rob. She should have been a major character. Um, Kim, meanwhile, gets talked to by the big boss paramedic guy that we've seen a couple of times. I've, I've got a feeling, and I, maybe I'm wrong. I'm going to quickly see if he's on IMDb. I've got a feeling this guy actually is a paramedic or like a big boss paramedic, because to me, he's just got that swagger or that feel about him. And he doesn't, to me, he doesn't seem like he's an actor, if that makes sense. Like, I could be completely wrong, but if this guy is an actor, he, he portrays a boss guy in the FDMY very well. I, I just feel that this guy is like an actual boss. He's like an advisor on this show, and they've just given him a couple of lines. So that's just my... Well, let's point. see. I, I can't see him on Iron Dude. I don't know if he's ever got a name, if he's ever credited as someone... So, um, just looking through IMDb. Downtown he, paramedic guy, maybe? <laughs> uh, I mean, we've got, uh, we've got Nurse Morno, Michael Kenny? No, that's the dad, isn't it? Obviously. We've got Kylie, 15 year old yes. boy, mailman Rick Buford, Chief, Chief Rogers. Okay, that would be him. Philip Levy. If I click on him, um, apparently he's a writer. Um, although in everything that he's ever been in, he's essentially played some form of officer. <coughs> so, huh. I don't know. Maybe. He did actually play... So he played Chief Rogers in Fury and Lockdown, and then he played Frank Edwards in Letting Go. So maybe he wasn't Chief Rogers. I don't know. They've, they've renamed his character or something. Anyway, this guy is good at Perhaps. playing boss. Uh, so this is the part where Kim's obviously talking to him a little bit. Um... And this is where we, uh, so this guy basically says, Oh, you're Kim Sambrano, supervisor at the 5-5. And she's like, Oh, well, I was a supervisor till you sent Doc back. And he's like, What are you talking about? Doc's not a supervisor. He was demoted. So, ba ba ba, plot twist. Um, <laughs> essentially, Kim is still the boss, but Doc is being a dick. So that's what this all <laughs> comes down to. Um, Sully and Davis are having a conversation over chips. Davis is still questioning, uh, him about the judge. Uh, and Sully's essentially just whinging about the fact that uh, he's not getting any chips. There's nothing really much to that scene. It's just a nice little fun scene. Nah. Um, and this is where we've got the FBI pulling up to the house where they believe Buford is. I do love the way that, uh, you know, uh, Bosco and Cruz pop, pull up and they're like, that car has FBI written all over it. Um, this big black SUV <laughs> kind of tell them to go away, park around the street. 
Um, they're questioning the mailman. We see a guy walk past the car who uh, the FBI straight away are like, that's Buford because he's got a couple of tats on him. Um, but uh, Cruz is saying that's not him. Uh, he's like, he doesn't have a scar on his face because I should have said that um, Barnes gave a description of him saying that he had a scar on his face. The FBI don't listen. They storm the place. There's a shootout happening. One of them gets shot and then they shoot the guy and uh, they're basically like, hey, I told you, that's not Buford. So, um, yeah, they've gone out of their way here to show that the FBI suck, basically, uh, Darvell. And they do a damn good job of it. I, I feel offended. <clears throat> I don't know why. Like, I like the FBI. I mean, I'm not a, I'm not American, so maybe that's an unpopular opinion to say. So I like the NYPD, and I know a lot of people who live in New York hate the NYPD. So, um, <laughs> but, uh, you know, I growing up loving the X-Files, I used to have a fake FBI badge. I used to pretend I was an FBI agent. Uh, I kind of thought it was cool, uh, but clearly that's why I had no friends. Um, <laughs> so, <laughs> yeah. Man. And I loved I loved the I loved the X Files as well. Yeah, pretty good show. Yeah, great show. Um, but uh, I don't. How do you feel about the reboot that they did? I didn't really watch it all that much, to be honest. It was honestly one of these ones where, like, I think they did what the two extra seasons. Like in each of the two seasons they did, there was maybe like one or two like really good episodes, and the rest were just like, eh, you know, you could have gone without this, you know, as as most reboots really are, really. So. Um, Carlos is being questioned by the doctor about family history and they're sort of asking like any cancer in the family any this and he's like look I grew up in foster care I don't know this is where Carlos has been tested for bone marrow essentially so kind of still setting up the fact that Carlos doesn't know about it in his family um, Bosco and Cruz are going back to see Barnes now because they realise that uh, this guy wasn't um, wasn't uh, Buford, so therefore Buford. They, they feel like they've been screwed over. It's kind of interchanged between scenes in this prison yard where we've got guys pulling something from underneath a seat, kind of like a screwdriver or something. They're essentially going to shank Barnes in the in the prison yard. And as Cruz and Bosco show up, there's a lockdown, of course. And for some reason, even in a lockdown, they're allowed to send visitors into the yard just to see that Barnes has been stabbed. I don't know if that's how it really works, even if they are law enforcement officers. I don't know. Um, Carlos, meanwhile, is speaking to Mrs. Kenny, and then she's sort of saying that, you know, you adopt it and start to feel like she's really yours, and then this sort of happens and you realise that she isn't even your child. So, um, you know, it's a nice little scene there with Mrs. Kenny. I like Mrs. Kenny. She kind of comes yeah. and goes, but, uh, you know, she does what she does. Um, Kim and Doc are having a conversation in the ambulance. Uh, Kim trying to question him a little bit about, you know, did you catch any heat with Eugene and kind of why are you back? And, um, you know, this is where Doc sort of calls her Kimmy. Um, and then she sort of, and Doc kind of says, this is why I was uh, promoted is because this is, um, you know, what I do. I piss people off. Sorry to step on you, Kimmy. Like, I love the way he says that. Kind of going back to what you're saying, the way his tone is sort of different in this season, just the way he kind of reacts. Um, yeah. but I do, I do love And he's re- never called her Kimmy. No, exactly, exactly. I and mean, he kind of does that a bit this season from memory as well. Um, yeah. I do love the way though that Kim stands up to him and is basically like, you know, I was told you were demoted. Why are you lying to us? And then just the facial reaction of Michael Beach here, just the doc reaction doesn't say a single word and just kind of stares off into the, the distance. It's just, it's really powerful. Like it's weirdly powerful that this silent moment. And it's kind of like, you kind of end this scene going, like, hang on a minute, we didn't get an answer. But, like, you know you're going to get an answer later on. So, um, yeah, nice little scene. 
Um, Cruz and Bosco and the FBI guy go into the hospital to uh, question this uh, guy that they thought was moving but isn't. And uh, basically are telling him, you're not going to make it. Tell, tell us... Um, who, where Buford is, you know, we'll protect your family, uh, that he's got a wife and kid in Brooklyn, you know, hey, we'll, we'll collect, we'll protect them if you tell us where Buford is. Uh, he does give out the address of where he says Buford is going to be. And then, uh, the FBI are basically like, fuck you, we're not going to go look after the family. Uh, so Bosco and Cruz go back to the guy and get the family's house. Cause again, Davel, the FBI are scum, aren't they? In this episode, yes, they were. So we get we get kind of a <coughs> an interchangeable thing going on where it's kind of, you know, they edit between two sections. We've got the FBI raiding the house where they've been told Buford is, you know, with all their guns and everything along those lines. Meanwhile, we've got Cruz and Bosco knocking on the door of uh, the family's house. We keep um, chopping this in between. We see a shotgun getting loaded. Uh, you know, again, we're meant to assume that this is going to be in the FBI house where they, um, where they're raiding it, but clearly it's not. Cruz, uh, meanwhile, is basically forces away into this house with a woman because you can tell she's in, under a bit of distress as they go inside because there's a baby crying. This is where we realize the guy with the shotgun is and he starts firing at, uh, Cruz and Bosco. Um, and then there's sort of a shootout going on here. Uh, he runs out into the street with a shotgun as the cops come up because Davis and Sully are there for uh, backup. And they're also going to go upstairs and check on the baby. They're hiding with the woman. Meanwhile, as this guy going out shooting at Davis and Sully as they shot, we've got motorbikes showing up as well. One of these is going to be um, uh, Buford. He's got like an AK-47, this guy now, not a shotgun, and he's firing rounds at the cops. Then Doc comes in uh, with Kim. Uh, I don't know why they've been called to this scene. Has anyone been injured yet? I just, I guess they're there for backup. And uh, yep. Doc just full-on Grand Theft Autos this guy and <laughs> speeds up and runs him over. And Kim, you know, are you out of your mind? <laughs> and I just love, and I just love Doc's response to that. He's just like. Get the backboard. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like, oh, uh, yeah, no big deal. I just ran someone down. Although, I mean, to be, I think this is another thin, I think this is another thin line scenario. Oh, yeah. I mean, to be fair, to be fair, yes. He, I mean, he, the guy was shooting at Sully and Davis. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. I mean, you can't real, it may not be proper protocol, but I mean, you can't really blame Doc for, Wanting to put a stop to it. Yeah, I think he's got an argument as to what he did. I mean, it's from memory, it's never really brought up again in terms of like he doesn't get reprimanded no. or anything for it, does he? So, uh, yeah, I mean, it's he he mowed down a person, but at the same time, as you said, like he was shooting at someone, so he kind of helped the situation. You know, um, you could argue it was what like self defense or something like that. So defense of a third party. Yeah, that's that's a good point. Um, so, so yeah, I mean, it's, it's definitely, I definitely agree with you. It's definitely that blurred line, so to speak. So, um, but yeah, it's just, I, I agree with you. I do love the reaction that uh, that uh, the doc sort of just has. He's just kind of like, get the backboard. Um, so, yeah, it's it's a it's an interesting sort of scene. But again, as we keep saying, it's kind of showing like doc's going a bit cuckoo la la essentially so yeah but even if this had happened before doc started going cuckoo la la i love how you phrased it. 
Cuckoo la la. We're going to have to start saying that. But, I mean, even if this was before Doc started going cuckoo la la, <laughs> I honestly think he would have done the same thing. Yeah, I mean, uh, possibly. I mean, we did see kind of back in season one when they were, you know, approached by those guys with the baseball bats. So they kind of just stayed in the... I mean, I guess Jerry had just been shot, so there's different circumstances. But, yeah. You know, uh, there's an argument both ways, I think. We've got sort of this mm-hmm. whole situation where uh, another uh, well, cop show up there transporting the guy that Doc's run over into the back of the ambulance. Another uh, ambulance shows up. Uh, Carlos comes out. Um, and Kim sort of, as they load up the ambulance, uh, she looks at Doc and is like, this isn't over, Doc. Um, we've got uh, Carlos... Uh, sorry, uh, Cruz... And Bosco, uh, on the roof with the baby, Carlos, ah, I keep saying Carlos Cruz drops the baby down to Davis. Uh, we've got great, uh, sort of tension here with Sully and Bosco. Uh, Bosco's at the top of the stairs, Sully's at the door, Bosco calls for backup and kind of we've got a guy going to check the stairs. That means Sully can shoot him. I just love the tension here that we've got sort of in the, the facial expressions that they've both got at each other. Um, this allows them to shoot the guy with uh, the shotgun. Uh, the bald guy, who we now know is Buford, he's shooting at Sully, gets a bit of uh, debris in the eye to Sully, so he's a bit blinded. Then Buford runs out, gets on the motorbike. Uh, and, oh, I and, love this scene coming up. Oh, it's great. As he goes <laughs> to drive off, uh, Cruz shoots him off the bike. He then pulls his gun at Cruz, shoots a couple of rounds. Uh, no guns left, no bullets left in the chamber. Cruz holding up and basically like, put the gun down. Um, you know, get down on your knees. Uh, she shoots one of his knees, uh, and then she's basically just like, you know, oh, you crazy bitch. Uh, then he, then she shoots the other knees, and then he's down on the ground. Um, and yeah, this is kind of Cruz's payback for Letty, essentially, isn't it? Because finally they've caught Buford, um, and she hasn't killed him. So two episodes in a row, Cruz has kind of taken the, uh, the high road, hasn't she? Yep, and also, um, I kind of, what I always liked about it is, I think, I wonder if Buford knew who Cruz was. I mean, because of how, of how he reacted. I mean, when, I mean, you hear her running towards him and, I mean, you know, he just grab, he just grabs that gun and is like, yeah, like death, like desperately squeezing the trigger. Then he realizes, of course, that he's out. And then, you know, when she's telling him to get, to, to get down, you hear this, I can't decide if it's like a like a, a laugh from him or a scared, almost crying sound from him, but it's all air. It's like 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 that. I don't know if you heard what I just did, but yeah, I, I think that it's um, it's a bit of both. I think I he think, was scared. Yeah, I think it's more of a scared one, but I mean, it's kind of like he's a bit cray cray. So I think kind of at the end of the day, he's just acting a bit cray-cray, because that's what evil people do. <laughs> a friend told me. I don't know. I'm not evil. But, um, yeah, I, I think... I, I don't... I wouldn't assume he knew who Cruz was. I think he's probably just got a fact of, I don't want to get caught by the law. So, like, he's just kind of... You know, I mean, he's in the FBI's top 10 most wanted, and I'm assuming people in the FBI's most top 10 most wanted are going to do anything to not get caught, because there's a reason why they're the top right. 10 most wanted. So... Yeah, but it's, it's a great scene, great tension, and kind of, I do love this shootout, and I feel like I've skimmed over it, but I mean, you know, like, it's, it's, it's one of these ones you gotta watch to really appreciate the kind of the, the dramaticness to us and everything along those lines. It's great. It really does sort of hold up really well. Yeah. Um, and it's not over the top either. 
Exactly, exactly. It's not over the top. We don't have slow motion shots of explosions and things like that. You know, it's kind of, it's done in a manner which is kind of very season one, season two. Like it's, it's believable enough. So, um, we've got Doc and Kim pulling over. I love how Kim's kind of like, great. Now what? Um, and Doc's basically like, you know, I don't lie. Uh, you know, I don't know what you're saying to this. Kim's saying, like, you need to talk to someone. And this is where Doc basically just loses it. Like, you know, I was doing this job before you thought about it, you know, and uh, do you want my job that bad? Uh, and Kim's basically saying, like, look, if you've got an issue, you know, you can ask to be transferred. And then Doc's like, look, transferred from my own house. Uh, and then Doc's saying, you're trying to validate a position you only hold because I left. And kind of Kim really just is losing a battle here because Doc is just not listening and Doc has got no sense to it. Um, can we just establish like how much things have changed? It was only like a season ago where Doc basically was in a fight with Kim and then Doc essentially was like, I don't want to fight. You tell me what we can do to solve this. And now here we have, you know, the flip side of things where, uh, you know, Doc is just not listening to this situation at all. Um, and then Kim basically yeah. just has to, you know, bend down and say like, if you try and do, do something like that again, I will write you up. So, um, yeah, it's kind of, it, it pulls an emotional punch, doesn't it? And it's just, again, great, great acting, great scenes. Nothing I can say bad about this. And again, Doc is going no. down that slope, isn't he? He is slowly, but surely, slowly, but surely. Uh, and then we, uh, find out that sadly Carlos is not a match for Kylie. So this is going to set us down another bit of a slope when it comes to, um, you know, setting up the, uh, storyline about Carlos's family, and then we get another, well, actually, it's been a while since we've had a montage, to be honest. I'm not going to say another montage, a Calling All Angels song, um, where we have Carlos showing up to see uh, Kylie. We've got Doc pumping, this is what I'm trying to say, buff old Doc here is pumping some weights. Kim stares at him. It's kind of, it's one of these scenes which I would like to see this in the context of if this wasn't a montage, because it purely is a scene of Doc pumping iron, staring awkwardly at Kim, Kim staring awkwardly at him for a good 30 seconds, to which then Doc goes back to pumping iron. So it's purely a shot set up for a montage, but if you take that out of the context of a montage, it makes no sense, because humans don't act that way. Um, People like to watch each other. People like to watch each other work out. Maybe Kim's got a bit of a fetish with Doc working out. Who knows? Uh, and then we also sort of end the episode where we see Cruz going to her sister's grave and laying <coughs> a flower on the grave. Now, if I'm not mistaken, this is the same grave site where Cruz... Um, actually, I'm not going to finish that sentence. Uh, <laughs> it's the same grave site where we might see another gravestone next to that uh, at the end of the sixth season. <laughs> I think you may have already possibly, possibly, possibly said too much. Moving on. I didn't say anything. But, um, yeah, it's a short montage, and it's a decent montage. I'm not going to complain about that. That is uh, Fury, Darvell. Decent episode. Uh, I'm buying it. What are you doing with it? Uh, Another buy. Perfecto. I like it when we think the same. Uh, Well, not all the time. That's probably not a good thing all the time. But at this point, it is a good thing. Um, I have ranked this one um, at 65th out of 98 uh, episodes. So I've put this ahead of last week. Um, So uh, just FYI for those playing at home, if you wanted to know that. Uh, Next week, Darvell Stewart, uh, a ticket grows in Brooklyn. Did you know that? Oh, yeah. I knew that. Yeah? You knew that? 100%. 100%. Well, it does. And, um, you know, we get a bit more of uh, Carlos and the hunt for uh, his family and trying to save Kylie. 
Um, we get um, also uh, we we meet Ali Nardo for the first time, if I'm not mistaken, too, don't we? So yes, um, uh, the fabulous Nick Nick Turturro. Yeah, who I mean, he was sort of a bit of a big deal uh, for a while and lots of things, wasn't he? I mean, he's a semi big name. He was in Blue Bloods for a while, and um, yeah, he's he's been in lots of things, Nick Turturro. So uh, he'll he'll become a bit of an ongoing character like he kind of disappears for a few episodes before he comes back doesn't he so yes um yeah so he'll he'll play a key part uh in a few episodes time but it's a decent episode too uh we'll get to that next week but in the meantime like us on facebook follow us on twitter subscribe all the relevant things that we say every single week we appreciate you tuning in every single week too as we uh move closer and closer to the halfway point of season five move closer and closer to the hundredth episode of third watch too which there's going to be a bit of a I guess, contention around the 100th episode because there is an episode which they advertise as the 100th episode. wasn't really the 100th episode, and then the week after was the 100th episode, but it, I guess it all came down to how they marketed the double headers and things like that. So we'll get to that. Uh, in the meantime, thanks for tuning in. My name is Ben, and I'm going to go play Grand Theft Auto. <laughs> Sounds like fun. My name's Darvell, and... Why don't you why don't you go get some of that disgusting pre radical green tea stuff you like to drink? See you next week, guys. Thank you for listening to the Oz Network. Don't forget to subscribe to get new episodes delivered to your speakers every week. For more information, hit us up at theoznetwork.net. <laughs> <laughs>